0: I bring you God's grace and mercy and peace in his holy and majestic name. We invite you to be seated for the sermon this evening. Uh, The big idea that we are meditating and thinking on is the call from St. Paul uh, to steward our own emotions. We sang Rejoice. I don't even know how many times in that last song. But that's the picture he is pointing and driving us to this evening. Each and every single week of the stewardship series, we're trying to draw out a bigger idea of the gifts that God has given to us. We've looked at the potential gift of a building, finances, relationships, and tonight, the gift of emotions that God gives to us so that we can care for ourselves and those around us. Uh, These emotions fall into two categories, at least for tonight. One, the thing that St. Paul drives us for in Philippians chapter 4 is this, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I will say it, rejoice. He wants our emotions, our posture, to be fixed on uh, the joyful disposition that we have as Christians, as opposed to... Anxiety and worry and fear. It goes by many names, you know them too. It's where we have a knot in our stomach. Butterflies in our tummy. We are in a pinch and a pickle, or maybe you're like Elvis, and you are all shook up. The closest other language word I could even find would be a German word. It's vergen. It's a little bit, a lot, uh, but it means to choke, or struggle, or strangle. It's this very intense idea that when we get worried and worked up, it feels like we can't even breathe. St. Paul knows this. 2,000 years ago, and he writes letters to Christians to help them through their worries, and he writes Uh, This letter to help us today as well, to point us to a greater vision. And he will land and give us tonight a formula, if you will, an equation, a mathematical equation to help with some of this anxiety and worry that God's people are prone to. At the start of the sermon for tonight, I'd like to ground us in a little bit of uh, data. Just doing some research and the experts... I took a survey of 21st-century Americans. And by and large, just some data to get us situated for tonight, Uh, when the average American worries 45% of us, give or take, is about stuff that will never happen. Example. Your pastor will preach a sermon less than 20 minutes. (laughs) It's not going to (laughs) happen. Data point two, 35% of Americans, though, are focused about worries of things in the past. I say this often in sermons, but I think it is so helpful. The couldas, the wouldas, and the shouldas of this world. We live in a constant regret in the things in our past, rather than trusting that we have been forgiven and moving on from those anxiety-riddled places. Twelve percent of the worries that Americans face is are things outside of our control: weather, local relationships, sabers rattling among the political nations. And the experts will tell us that, yes, 8% of our worries might be legitimate and for the here and the now, but 92% of them make absolutely no sense. And for all of the anxiety and the worry that we face, St. Paul gives us a new posture and says, Do not be anxious, but rather rejoice in God. We know about this author who writes the book of Philippians. St. Paul is one who would have reasoned more than most to have anxiety. We find out about him in the New Testament that he survived an assassination attempt on his life. Forty Jewish religious men got together and vowed in the book of Acts that they were going to take Paul out and they weren't going to eat, drink, or sleep until it happened. By the grace of God, Paul survived. He would get thrown into prison be on a ship bound for trial, gets shipwrecked on some random island called Malta, and writes this letter sitting in prison. If anyone had a reason to have anxiety, it would be Paul. But Paul's not, if you will, uh, Debbie Downer, or Negative Nancy, or Johnny Raincloud. Paul points us to a greater picture and image. Tonight, I want to walk through these steps, these equations that he has given to the church of God still to this very day to help us. If you would, you can look with me or just simply let these words wash over you. I'm going to dive into the Philippians reading for today. On page three is where I'm at. It's the epistle, the letter, the Philippians reading. Uh, Specifically, I'm at verse six. St. Paul says this, do not be anxious about anything. But, he says in the equation to help us, in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. To overcome this anxiety, Uh, St. Paul says the first thing is this, but in everything give thanks. You see, those prepositions matter. It's not that everything that happens to us is okay and wonderful. But rather, it's in everything. We trust that God is sovereign over all and He knows what He is doing. That in the good and in the bad, we trust our Savior bar none because He knows that in everything, God is with us and these worries will pop up in a moment's notice. Maybe you're somebody that worries like this or maybe has worried in the past before. Uh, Think with me to your student days. You're sitting there in a room and you're thinking about a test that you didn't quite study for and through your mind comes this thought, Lord, if I don't get a good grade on this test, I'm not going to get a good grade in this class and my GPA isn't going to be good when I graduate. If my GPA isn't good when I graduate, I'm not going to get a good job. If I don't get a good job, I'm not going to make a lot of money. IF I DON'T MAKE A LOT OF MONEY, I'M NOT GOING TO BE ABLE TO BUY A GOOD HOUSE. IF I DON'T BUY A GOOD HOUSE, HOW AM I GOING TO attract SOMEONE, A SPOUSE, TO COME AND LIVE INSIDE THIS HOUSE WITH ME? IF I DON'T HAVE A SPOUSE TO LIVE IN THIS HOUSE WITH ME, HOW AM I GOING TO HAVE ANY KIDS? AND IF I DON'T HAVE ANY KIDS, WHO IS GOING TO TAKE CARE OF ME WHEN I AM OLD? AND THEY'RE IN ONE SNEAKY SIMPLE MOMENT. <laughs> that worry creeps up inside of us. Paul doesn't say, let all things be good and all things are okay. Paul says in all of those moments to recognize that God is sovereign and overall, that he is with us through that test, through the first job, through the next job, through the financial placements, through the house, the potential spouses, the kids, and the long term. God is in all things and we give him thanks for that. Step two, Paul says, to steward our emotion of worry is this. With prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. Those two words are not throwaway words for tonight. In the New Testament, prayer often refers to the the prayers of the church, where Christians gather together and pray out loud. Supplication is very closely related to that. It gets at a very specific, narrow request. What Paul is saying is that Christians should pray generally together, but we should also pray granular, as concrete and specific as we can to help with the anxiety that we have. Certainly we should pray, oh God, please help me, and oh God, please be with me, and oh God, please bless me. But St. Paul says tonight to get raw and specific. It looks like this. Uh, Maybe you are frustrated because you have a spouse that comes home and doesn't greet you at the door. So instead of getting frustrated at the end of the day and saying, God, oh, please help me, you fold your hands and say, God, I don't know why my husband doesn't get up when I come home through the door. He seems to be more interested in the TV and his own phone. And it really is causing problems in our marriage. Please help him get up off the couch when I come in. Maybe it looks like this. You have a troubling life and trouble at home. Maybe you know of a situation like this or this is for you where there's just difficulties that abound and instead of praying, dear God, please help my home life, you fold your hands and you pray like this, dear God, my parents are constantly fighting. It's hurtful for me to hear as a child and I go in and I just want to escape to my room. God, please mend their relationship. Help them to be happier not so angry to each other, and help them to spend more time with me. Amen. For you see, the only thing that is going to cure this anxiety and this worry that we have is to go to our God with specific prayers. Because he says, when we recognize that God is in all things and pray to our God, the third part of the equation becomes clear. As he says this in verse 7, and then... The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts. Paul is writing when he is in captivity, and I don't think that word guard is a throwaway word either. Paul is under guard, constantly having someone walk around him, checking on him, making sure he is okay. He is writing to a group of Christians in Philippi, and that's a Roman colony. There's a base there, and they see the Roman soldiers constantly guarding the base and guarding high-value targets. And when Paul would use the word guard, he's trying to invoke this image. that you see the people that are walking around guarding people and prisoners and positions of authority all day long? That's what God's going to do to you. That peace of God is going to walk around you and guard you nonstop better than the Roman soldiers. When we give thanks that God is in all things, pray to him specifically, we will have that peace. I know, child of God, this is easier said than done. Sometimes we want to be like Marty McFly and Doc. Hop in our, oh, what's that movie called? back to the future, the DeLorean, and take a trip to the past that we might just sit there and stew. Maybe we want to go to the future and sit there and stew. And when we are tempted to crawl in a hole and sit there by ourselves in the dark, the hope is not to pull ourselves out. The hope is to turn to somebody that has been there. For you see, when we're in our darkest, in our deepest, in our most despair, we have a God who doesn't clap his hands and say, stand up on your own. We have a God who sends his son Jesus to crawl in the hole with us. So that when Jesus dies, we might die too. And when Jesus rises from the dead, we might rise too. So that we might see all of the problems in this world, but recognize that God is in everything. That we might pray to Him specifically, and we might have that peace that surpasses all understanding. It is Christ the whole way through. For you see, the only thing that is going to commend Paul to rejoice always in the Lord is that knowledge and the hope of His Savior a hope that came to Him in real time, and a hope that comes to you too. Maybe tonight is the first time you've heard it, or maybe tonight it's the millionth time you've heard it. Maybe you are struggling with something specific, something that needs a specific prayer request. You have a God who cares and knows. A God who delights in answering you. A God who sees your anxiety, your worry, your pit in your stomach, how you're just all shook up. And a God who will answer in Christ. My friends in Jesus, as we go forward from this place, I hope and pray this message enlargens our vision of what it means to steward. First, God gives us a gift of joy found when we banish that anxiety. But it's not for us, it's for those around us too. When you face that anxiety and you face that worry, point yourselves to the cross and use this equation from the book of Philippians as we see our God who loves us greatly. As we close out our time in the word for today, I invite you to pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for this gift and opportunity to come together. Thank you that you don't leave us alone in our despair and in our darkness, but rather you send your son Jesus to pull us out. Lord, when we sit there in our own Good Fridays, remember that Christ had the greatest Good Friday of all. But even though he didn't stay dead, neither do we. We are alive in something new, called not to worry by Paul for this evening, but called to rejoice. Help us to do that, Lord to steward this emotion well, that we might be a blessing not only to ourselves, but a world that is in desperate need of the gospel. Please grant this with a yes for the sake of your son, Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen.